hoping that everybody is on standby. Uh, we have to start our session. Uh, the meeting is opened. This is a joint meeting of the Portfolio Committee on Public Enterprise with the Select Committee on Public Enterprise and Communication. Uh, the only technical problem we have is that the chairperson of the Select Committee uh, is no longer with us in the parliament. parliament. Uh, otherwise, this should have been a core sharing session. Uh, we will normally take the first session and then he take the second uh, part of the session. Uh, in the light of his absence, uh, I think I will be sharing this meeting uh, if it's, it's acceptable uh, without wasting a lot of time I will just quickly ask the secretary to provide us with the, any of uh, apologies uh, before we, we start the business of the day but let me start welcoming all the honorable members who are the members of this portfolio committee on public enterprise including our colleagues in the select committee on public enterprise and communication a special welcome to our guests escom board led by professor and also the executive whom I think they are led also by the group CEO. You all welcome, uh, and the media people among ourselves, they are also welcome to our session. Uh, if I can only... Uh, okay, I've noticed that the Deputy Minister is with us. It's only the Minister that, no, that is not with us already. You are welcome, Honourable Minister. Can I get the apologies from uh, Tisang Nochumi? Uh, thank you, Chair. And the apologies I received are from Mr. Arnolds of the Select Committee and Ms. Nguenya from the Select Committee. Thank you. Okay. I have received the, the, the minister's apology. The minister is not going to be with us in this meeting due to the cabinet meeting that is taking place currently as we are here. Uh, uh, the, the, the only person that we have whom I know is uh, always on top of issues is the deputy minister. The deputy minister with you is with us and I think before even I give to the ESCOM board and the, the executive, we they will just ask the minister, the deputy minister, to provide us with an overview uh, as we normally do. And then we ask Professor to, 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 and his team to, to, to lead us with the presentation. Uh, deputy minister, actually this session, honorable members, we are getting a briefing from ESCOM on the midterm results and update on the unbundling and the security of electric supply. 
that is uh, the core of our business today. Of course, we'll have to deal at the end with the minutes of the previous meeting, but this is our core business, getting the briefing by ESCOM and also uh, that's actually the, 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 the business of our day. Uh, Honorable Deputy Minister. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, thank you very much for your kind words. Uh, greetings to the Honorable Members uh, of the Select Committee as well as the, um, the, the Committee of uh, the National Assembly. Uh, greetings to everyone uh, who's in attendance. Uh, the Chair of the Board is here together with the Executive Team uh, from, from uh, uh, ESCOM. Chair, perhaps uh, on the apologies, uh, it may not have reached uh, 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 Muchumi that uh, I will, um, owing to an unfortunate travel arrangement uh, that uh, it was unavoidable, uh, I'm going to request uh, to uh, be excused. Uh, I have some travel commitments uh, uh, during the course of this uh, meeting. Uh, Chair, it is common knowledge uh, that uh, one of the critical uh, elements uh, to the economic uh, recovery and reconstruction uh, that is championed uh, by government that uh, energy security is a critical component of that. Uh, the challenges that uh, we have experienced in that regard uh, fall squarely uh, in the area of um, responsibility of ESCOM together with the other uh, stakeholders. Uh, during the period uh, for which uh, the chair of the board and the team will uh, reflect uh, the performance uh, of uh, uh, ESCOM from generation right up to availability will be reflected upon. And it continues uh, to be uh, something we are engaged with uh, continuously. And of course, uh, together with the DMRE and the rest of the government apparatus, alternative uh, uh, energy sources are being pursued uh, at neck speed, I may say, so that uh, the situation could be augmented enough to be able not to frustrate uh, the effort uh, of economic uh, regeneration. Without uh, really speaking much, uh, the chair of the board, as you have indicated, is here. And at this point, uh, Chair, I would like uh, to say uh, the board uh, must uh, take uh, both committees on board insofar as performance, as indicated, uh, the interim results, as well as generally the overall direction we are taking uh, that the board is leading uh, insofar as the transformation underway in, with, with, within ESCOM. Uh, with your permission, Chair, uh, uh, I, I can then hand over to uh, Professor. Uh, thank you, uh, Deputy, Honorable Deputy Minister, the Chair of this uh, committee, uh, the Portfolio Committee, and the uh, members, the Honorable Members. First of all, may I take this opportunity to wish you well for 2020, 2022. It's a new year, and we hope that it will bring, I think, um, different but positive fortunes to all of us. Um, I'm here with my colleague board members uh, at ESCOM and with the executive of ESCOM to present 
to give you a presentation and update you as to what's happening at ESCOM. Just uh, from where I'm sitting, um, I think the company has become stabilized or is getting very stable. The atmosphere at ESCOM compared to two years ago when we all started, uh, it's very different. It's a very peaceful and a welcoming and an engaging atmosphere. I think people are working very, very hard to try and bring security. Uh, for what is on the record, you may not be aware, honorable members, that um, Andre has now finished two years of being the CEO of ESCOM. And that's quite an important record since Brian Dames was CEO of, of ESCOM. It's a long time ago, but it reflects, I think, the instability that took place at ESCOM. And uh, I think he has worked hard with his executive team to stabilize the organization, to bring a new culture, which is getting embraced by the staff of ESCOM. And by all elements uh, that one sees as a board member, things are positive and we're all working for the same vision and same mission to try and stabilize and secure the electricity and energy supply of the country. And we are doing our utmost best. But more importantly, I value these kinds of interactions with the honorable members of parliament in, in this portfolio committee, because you normally give us the checks and balances that we need, but more importantly, you also reflect, I think, what is happening in the country to which we must always commit ourselves to know that we are in these positions at the behest of the nation and at the behest of the public, and we must do our, 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 our best to serve the population. On this note, I would want to hand over to Andre, but I just wanted to remark, I noticed that uh, Mr. Mutumi looks like he has moved into the music field as a singer or something like that. And I congratulate him on this new venture. On, without further ado, I would want to call Andre and his team to give us the presentation and the update that I hope will give uh, uh, honorable members a flavor of what has been going on at ESCOM. Thank you. Thank you, Chair, again. Thank you very much, Professor Makoba. Thank you for that introduction. Uh, good morning, Honorable Deputy Minister, Honorable Chair, Honorable Members, and also members of the ESCOM Board who are with us today to support us as we engage with the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee. Um, we have prepared a presentation, um, Honourable Chair, to support us. If I can ask um, my colleague, Natasha Setole, to please uh, project this presentation. Thank you, Natasha. So as uh, the Honourable Chair has indicated, we will uh, cover two aspects. The first one is the um, financial results for the half year, as well as an update on unbundling. And secondly, uh, we will deal with uh, the performance of generation in particular and uh, electricity security in South Africa. For the first part, I will deal with some of the strategic matters. Uh, our chief financial officer, Mr. Caleb Kassim, will then take over to go through the detail of the financial issues. 
and Mr. Rulani Matibula, who is the acting uh, group executive for Generation, uh, while Mr. Philip Dukashi is away on some well-deserved leave, will then take us through the security of supply matters. Um, Mr. Jan Uberlser, our Chief Operating Officer, will join us a few minutes late. He is en route to Kuburg to deal with uh, some project matters uh, that are active there, on which we will also brief you during the second half of the presentation. Uh, Honourable Chair, if I can then uh, proceed with a customary disclaimer, we can take that as read and move to some of the uh, key points. Uh, generation performance um, has been disappointing. Um, even though we shed fewer gigawatt hours, uh, we have seen more days of load shedding. So the volume is, is better, but we've seen more days of load shedding. And that remains a key focus area where our performance clearly is not living up to uh, the requirements and the expectations of South Africa. Transmission and distribution continue to perform well, and we've made some excellent progress, which Rolani will deal with later on the new build program uh, with uh, the five operational units at Madupi now consistently performing at the required design levels which were set when the plant was conceived in the first instance. So that's very pleasing progress. From an environmental perspective, we, we are doing better. Uh, so our emissions per megawatt hour uh, produced has uh, been steadily reducing, although Kendall remains a problem area. Uh, our headcount continues to decline. Uh, we were at a high of 48,628, and uh, we continue to uh, implement further staff reductions, but important to emphasize without using forced retrenchments. So uh, all of this has been achieved through voluntary severance packages, as well as natural attrition. Pleasingly, and Caleb will elaborate on that, our net profit after tax has increased to 9.2 billion rand for the first half. And Caleb will unpack some of the seasonality behind this number. Uh, on the back of some uh, strong sales volumes uh, increases that we saw uh, as we emerged from COVID lockdown, uh, our earnings before interest, uh, depreciation, and amortization and tax EBITDA, that has also increased by 58% to 44.8 billion. Uh, cost control remains a very strong focus area of this management team, and those results are coming through um, in, a, in a really pleasing way, also aided by an increase in the tariffs. Uh, we have been able to reduce... Uh, our debt by some 15%. And uh, although our balance sheet remains stressed, we are making good progress in steadily working down uh, the debt within the parameters that uh, we have at our disposal. Uh, we're very grateful for government support to the tune of 31.7 billion that we've received. And this remains an essential part of the financial sustainability of ESCOM going forward. 
Uh, we will talk some more about legal separation, but then finally, from um, a forecast perspective, uh, the 9.1 billion that we're forecasting, I think we can signal um, to the committee that there is some upside on that. Uh, we don't want to, at this stage, prior to the end of the financial year, give you um, a number that deals with that. But um, again, thanks to improved operational performance um, from a revenue collection point of view, as well as uh, some very good cost control, uh, we anticipate that there is some upside to this forecast number of a 9.1 billion loss for the full financial year, which of course ends uh, at the 31st of March, 2022. Next slide, please, Natasha. Right, if we can deal with generation performance, and I won't elaborate on this uh, too much, uh, considering that Rulani is going to deal with it in detail, but as I said, more load shedding days, uh, even though the quantum of load that was shed uh, is less during these six months than during the comparative period, uh, we do make a significant use of our open cycle gas turbines and that comes at a very high cost because we uh, have to buy diesel to support that. So uh, 4.5 billion rand spent on uh, running those open cycle gas turbines uh, while higher oil prices and consequently fuel prices as well as a weaker rand dollar exchange rate have had an impact uh, on this increased uh, amount. 80% was due to a volume increase. We're making good progress on our recovery plan, and we are carrying out maintenance uh, all the while. Um, we suffered an unfortunate incident at Madupi Unit 4 uh, due to a generator explosion. That unit is still out of commission. Uh, we have subsequently returned Kendall Unit 1 uh, to service following a generator transformer fire. Um, Kuberg Unit 1 tripped. Um, but that was safely returned. And again, Kuberg remains a, a safe and highly competitive plant, uh, which plays a very important role in the performance of our generation fleet. And we were able to reduce our coal stock to 47 days uh, in a responsible manner. So we're not taking undue risk on coal inventory. Uh, and our focus on coal procurement and our coal inventories uh, has really resulted in uh, an improved financial performance. Um, we, uh, we have seen a slight deterioration in transmission, but nothing to be concerned about. Uh, distribution looking very good. Um, and as I've said, we've made good progress in addressing some of the design defects and uh, very pleasing performance that we are seeing from the five operational units at uh, Madupi. Uh, we are um, continuing uh, implementing these uh, design modifications uh, at Kusile. And uh, for those units at Kusile that are still under construction, uh, we have um, obviously uh, implemented those, or we will incorporate those in the construction contract going forward. Um, Kusile Unit 4 um, is in the process of being commissioned. So it's, we, we did um, beat the target date that we set in these slides. 
um, and we synchronize that uh, to to the grid, and uh, that is um, performing well and playing a, um, a strong contributory role, um, even though we are still in the testing phase. Um, finally, um, Majuba Coal, um, even though there are some challenges with securing um, coal train capacity, in particular locomotives, due to vandalism on the coal line. Uh, we um, are steadily increasing the amount of coal on rail and on conveyor belt, which uh, assists us with costs, but also with the consistency of quality in our plant. Next slide, please. From an environmental perspective, again, uh, doing well. Um, the uh, issue that really concerns us is our water consumption. Uh, Coal-fired generation is inherently a thirsty technology, and we uh, have made this a focus area to improve our water consumption and make sure that we can also uh, behave responsibly towards um, our environmental commitments in this regard, having regard to the fact that South Africa, of course, is a very arid country, uh, and we, we therefore need to continue to focus on that uh, I've, I've mentioned our headcount um, reduction that continues. Uh, very pleasingly, our last time injury rate incorporating um, contractors uh, remained at uh, 0.25, which is really a world-class performance. And I want to thank my colleagues for uh, continuing to be able to operate safely. However, in spite of this, we sadly have to record the tragic deaths of three employees and two contractors, uh, which is uh, always highly regrettable and uh, completely unacceptable. From a race and gender equity perspective, we continue to improve. Um, and I think this is quite pleasing and uh, testament to the commitment of the board of ESCOM to continue to drive transformation. Um, although we do need to do better on uh, our disability equity. So that is a target that we are paying close attention to um, in order to accommodate uh, South Africans with disabilities as well. Our electrification program is continuing and then uh, we have improved our preferential procurement uh, spend. So from a Triple bottom line perspective, our environmental and societal performance uh, remains strong with uh, a few areas for improvement, particularly on the environmental side. Next slide, please. Uh, my final slide, uh, Jay, before I hand over to Mr. Kassim, who will take us through the detail of the numbers. Uh, is on legal separation. Uh, we have made very good progress there. Uh, functional separation has been achieved uh, through the process of divisionalization. We put in place divisional boards. We have incorporated the National Transmission Company South Africa State-Owned Corporation Limited, NTCSA. Uh, this is a wholly owned subsidiary of ESCOM. We have uh, put in place an interim board. Uh, we are in the process of identifying permanent directors, uh, which we will be submitting to the ESCOM board for approval, subject to confirmation by the Department of Public Enterprises. We've done an extensive due diligence uh, because this is a regulated 
state-owned entity, uh, there are a number of legal and regulatory issues that we need to consider. And we have commenced trading between NTCSA and our generation and distribution divisions. Um, we have signed an asset transfer agreement with certain suspensive conditions uh, on the 17th of December last year. And we have received a Public Finance Management Act approval from the Department of Public Enterprises and National Treasury. We submitted a license application to the regulator uh, just before Christmas. Uh, this is still outstanding, uh, and that engagement is continuing. We are uh, collaborating very closely with NOSA on this issue. I think there's alignment that this is a, a key milestone on the road to legal separation, so we are receiving good cooperation from the regulator there. We also are engaged in uh, the very necessary exercise to obtain the consent of our lenders for legal separation. And then uh, immediately before uh, the State of the Nation address by the Honorable State President, um, a draft bill was released by the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy to amend the Electricity Regulation Act to support the industry structure going forward. So a lot of hard work, a lot of moving parts, but I think we're making very good progress uh, on the road to legal separation with a view to operationalizing NTCSA during uh, the current calendar year. Uh, we are therefore, uh, by and large, meeting the timelines as set uh, in the DPE roadmap. Uh, with generation and distribution uh, following very fast in the wake of transmission. And our intent is to have that separated by the end of this calendar year. With that, um, Honourable Chair, I will pause and hand over to Mr. Kassam to take us through the remainder of the presentation. Thank you, Caleb, please. Um, thank you. Uh... Thank you, Andre. Uh, good morning, Honorable Chairperson and members. Uh, uh, let me get into the financial part. Um, so, um, firstly, I think as Andre has indicated, you will see that all the financial indicators are on the upward trend uh, following the improvement, in particular, the growth in EBITDA from 28.3 billion in September 2020 to 44.8 billion in September 21, on the back of the higher revenue, substantially linked to the tariff increase in this financial year of 15.06%, uh, plus then the recovery of the COVID pandemic here with the growth and the recovery of volumes. That ultimately culminated into the EBITDA margin growing to 33.2% off at 26.06 in the previous year. And ultimately, as reflected, you see your positive liquidity and solvency ratios. In particular, your cash interest cover at 2.2 up from 1.0, and debt service cover at 0.88, literally uh, improving 100% from 0.44 of the previous year. And importantly, we see the debt equity then dropping, uh, coupled with the improved cash from operations and the equity support. That has dropped from 2.52 to 1.6. 
And you can see then the gearing is now 61% compared to 72 of the previous year. And importantly, um, this is the first time in the last five years that Eskom is able to show a profit for the first six months uh, of its financial year. Uh, the last time that was in September 2017. If we move on then uh, to the next slide, Natasha, thanks. Uh, from an income statement, I've spoken on the revenue. Andres explained the main driver to the primary energy has been the upward pressure in diesel uh, volumes and in the price linked to that uh, as we deal with the performance uh, of the system, which Rulani will go into more detail later. You will see that from a net employee benefits perspective, that has grown by 2%. This way, Eskom uh, is making every, every effort to stabilize and not grow that uh, on the back of a reduction in staff uh, complement to, to natural attrition and VSPs. Uh, and we are addressing that on our other uh, expenses. You will see uh, that increase of 18% from 10.4 billion to 12.2 for the six month uh, period. Uh, is that repairs and maintenance have increased by 1.9 billion to address the performance uh, of the, in particular generation. But we've also had to provide for Madupi Unit 4 that uh, explosion that was a write-off of 900 uh, million for Madupi Unit 4 and then for Kindle Unit 1 Transformer 86 million rand. And then going down the income statement as more units are commissioned uh, during the year, that depreciation then increases. And then um, your, your fair value is linked to interest rate movements. Um, and then we have our financing costs, which have grown by about 8% year on year, uh, from 15.3 billion to 16.6 billion ultimately giving you a profit before tax for the first six months of 13 billion and after tax 9.2 billion compared to literally a break even of the previous period for September 2020. And Natasha, next slide, thank you. If we just unpack a little more detail uh, as we recovered as a country from uh, the COVID year of 2020, all categories have increased except for residential, which has dropped by 3%. Uh, and in particular, we've seen a great recovery in the industrial sector, growing by 17% and mining by 11.8%. Just want to highlight uh, again uh, the challenges around collecting of uh, uh, our revenue uh, based on uh, IFRS 15, you only can recognize uh, uh, certain customers on a cash basis. You are, again, in terms of the counting treatment, we could not recognize 5.5 billion of revenue for the first six months compared to 14.6 billion in the previous year. We'll touch on the rear debts a little later. And in, uh, as, as we've highlighted, that we see growth both in the domestic front as well as in the international sales. 
I move on to the next slide, Natasha. Just touching a bit more on, on primary energy, I think importantly you will see that the unit cost of coal uh, has grown by 4% year on year. I think it's uh, important to note that uh, Generally, the growth in coal costs as a rand per megawatt has been double digit in the region of about 15%. This is now a positive achievement, and we forecast that single digit uh, escalations for the rest of this financial year. Um, and then uh, we've spoken about uh, the upward pressure in terms of prices on diesel, uh, that uh, rand per megawatt then growing by 15%. For ESCOMs, OCGTs, and the IPPs, 13%. You will see that overall that the renewable rand per megawatt has come down. And one can expect that as more and more bid windows are uh, connected to the grid, they're coming at much more lower rates. Uh, that brings down the overall portfolio. But we still have the initial bid windows that were agreed at much higher levels that shows the overall absolute amount uh, being uh, on the high end. Um, if we move on to then the next slide. Uh, looking at uh, what is Eskimo doing in terms of repairs and maintenance, if I start on the left-hand side, you will see on average our run rate for repairs and maintenance has been around between six and a half and seven billion rand historically for the first six months. Uh, and then in, in this, uh, for, for this period, we've already spent 8.8 .8 billion, a growth of 27%. And in that um, uh, contributing factors is substantially the increase on the generation side from 5.1 billion to 6.7 billion rand. Uh, and just reflecting what we spent at the end of March 21 of, of 17 billion. So that's on repairs on maintenance. Over and above repairs on maintenance, I think it's important to see that uh, these increase uh, spend on capital expenditure and September 2020 on 2021 has grown from 10.8 billion to 14.1 billion, a 31% increase. Uh, and uh, as our financials improve, we were able to release more capex in particular for generation to conduct their outages. Next slide. If we look from the financial position, uh, as indicated by the GCE, I think first and foremost, the debt securities, that drop of 15% equating to 71.6 billion uh, drop in debt and borrowings from 463 billion to 392 billion rand. Uh, that is on the back of the equity support that we've received, not only in this financial year, which is 31 billion, but let's recall that uh, 56 billion in the previous financial year and 49 billion in the in the in the 2020 financial year. I think also to, to highlight that uh, our liquid assets has improved uh, from 25 billion to 36 billion rand. And yet due to the exchange rate movements uh, and our hedging activities and based on the strengthening of the rand, that has dropped from 36 billion rand to 14.6 billion. 
Uh, we're also focusing as part of our own initiatives to manage our working capital much more optimally, importantly around maintenance fees, consumables, and coal inventory levels. We go on to the next slide, Natasha. So just unpacking uh, our, our debt position and the finance costs, uh, I've spoken about the 71.6 billion drop in debt, uh, just that reconciliation there from the opening debt and securities. We've raised uh, net of commercial paper 13.2 billion and we've repaid 36 billion rand uh, in this 12 month period from September 2020 to 2021. And then the exchange rate movements of 18.5 billion to give you a, a closing balance of 392 billion rand. You will see our average cost of debt is really consistent with the previous financial year around 9.85%. And, and, and just to highlight that uh, our gross finance costs uh, 21.7 billion compared to 23.1 of the previous year on a net basis and up by about 8% from 15.3 billion to 16.6 billion rand. Next slide, Natasha. Funding uh, for this financial year, ISCOM's plan is to raise, is to raise uh, 41.9 billion uh, in the markets domestically and foreign. Um, we've already uh, at the end of September, 2021, had commitments of 16.6 billion rand. To date, we've already uh, uh, received and funded just over 25 billion rand, and we're confident that we will close out our funding by the end of the financial year. I think importantly to, to note that, number one, in terms of the government guarantee utilization, at the end of September 2020, we had 47 billion rand available to us in terms of government guarantees. And just to uh, see the outlook of our maturity profile, uh, that has a run rate uh, in 2022, we still have to service 71 billion rand worth of capital and interest. And then thereafter, it averages about 60 billion rand as a combination of interest and capital going forward. Next slide. This is just the cash flow uh, demonstrating that after the revenue of 135 billion and operating cash flows of 100 billion, you're left with this operating surplus of 36 billion. After you've paid for your interest uh, and your capital expenditure, and the debt raising and, and the repayments of debt, it effectively left us with a cash flow gap of 15 billion rand. And that is where the government support uh, was required to ensure that ESCOM is able to, to meet those requirements uh, for the financial year, just to highlight the importance of that. If we go to the next slide. In terms of municipal debt, uh, as I indicated, uh, it has grown by 16% for the first six months, from 35.3 billion to just under 41 billion rand. 
And um, just to, to highlight that the payment levels, 81% by municipalities, excluding metros, uh, similar to the previous year of 80%. Um, and in uh, the payment levels of the uh, 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 is 50% for the top 20 defaulting municipalities. We are working with the political task team and the multidisciplinary revenue committee to find a solution to address the municipal area debts. Um, uh, we have uh, 45 uh, uh, partnering uh, agreements with municipalities, uh, including on the top 20 defaulting municipalities. With regard to Soweto, uh, from the beginning of the year to September, that has dropped uh, from 7.5 billion to 6.9 billion. We've written off some in Duplam interest. And in terms of remaining customer categories, there uh, is two large customers uh, that owe in excess of 100 million rand. Their combined outstanding debt is 785 million at the end of September. Tasha, next slide. And then, uh, honorable members, if we look at the outlook uh, to the end of March 2022, I think first and foremost, as uh, Andre has indicated, um, based on the seasonality of one, uh, lower volumes in the second half of the year. Number two, we do more maintenance uh, on the generation side. And number three, uh, summer tariffs being lowered in winter tariffs. Our revenue and our EBITDA will drop in the second half of the year. That then uh, reduces uh, our performance for the first six months. And effectively, uh, you will see that uh, the EBITDA margin overall drops from 33 to 21.65%. Operating profit then also drops by year end. And as Andre has indicated, our forecasted loss at, as at September was 9.1 billion to March. I think important to remind the members that over the last three years, we've been posting a loss of in the region of 20 billion per annum. So this is a significant improvement, but like the GCE has indicated, uh, we are working to even reduce that loss uh, and make it smaller by year end on the back of uh, cost savings initiatives. And obviously uh, as the generation performance is restored, you would spend less on your diesel and that will reduce your primary energy costs. But overall, uh, I think uh, it, it, it's a positive position that we the losses decrease by such a significant amount um, from an ESCOM performance perspective. And just uh, to remind the members that uh, government support uh, per the MTBPS was a further 21.9 billion uh, uh, in the next uh, financial year and 21 billion in 2024. Uh, I'm sure the, the minister will uh, maybe mention some of this later today in his budget. Um, so, just to close off, a uh, better outlook for the year, but ESCOM remains focused, number one, on delivering on further cost efficiencies 
and importantly, the link to our operations has a direct positive impact on our financial outlook. Thank you, Honorable Chair and members. Uh, I'm done. Let me hand back to Andre. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Caleb, for that overview. Um, Honorable Chair, with your permission, I would now like to hand over to our Acting Group Executive for Generation, Rolani Matagula. Where is him? CEO? Chair, I'm here. Um, good morning, and uh, I was struggling to unmute myself. Apologies for that. Um, and thanks again uh, to you and the committee for giving us the opportunity as ESCOM to come and give you the feedback uh, with regard to the security of uh, supply. Um, let me start by indicating that the, the picture that you see, uh, Honorable Chair, it's it's not the picture that we are proud of, uh, as it shows uh, deteriorating uh, performance in all spheres of our business, uh, starting with our energy availability factor, which is sitting currently at uh, 62.5% uh, year-to-date end of Jan. Uh, which is actually a 2.9% lower than where we were uh, last year at the same time. Uh, you can also see, Chair, that uh, we have seen a lot of unplanned uh, automatic grid separation, which we call trips uh, of our units um, in this year compared to, to the previous year. And I will talk to some of the details uh, during the course of my presentation our energy availability or our unplanned load losses, they are currently uh, sitting at more than, uh, closer to 25%, which is a quarter of the capacity of our plants, uh, which you would agree with myself that uh, it is not really a desirable performance at all. We have seen what we call partial load losses, uh, increasing uh, to the levels that is indicated there close to 5,000 megawatts. And uh, our plant maintenance is still ramping up. It's not where we, we want it to be. Uh, you would know that uh, we use this time to actually do majority of our maintenance uh, before, before winter. And uh, we have unfortunately... Uh, used a lot of our open cycle gas turbine to be able to support uh, the energy needed on the grid in this financial year uh, to the tune of 5.19 billion uh, that we, we have actually used by end of uh, January 22. If we can move to the next slide so that I can be able to share uh, some of the progress that we have made uh, in our operations. Uh, I need to indicate that to date we have got uh, our Quebec unit number two. It's off uh, for a long outage for refueling as well as uh, 
the replacement of our steam generator. Um, it's one of our uh, critical projects that we are doing in this year, which is aimed to see the life of uh, Quebec Power Station extended by another 20 years of operation. Um, however, we need to report that uh, we have been uh, operating a Quebec plant safely. And uh, in this year, we will be doing these two major projects. We are expecting to return this Quebec Unit 2 by the end of June this year. And in September, we'll be taking Quebec Unit 1 to do uh, the similar work or similar scope uh, in this year. So this year, it's uh, this calendar year, it's critical for us um, as we have to ensure that the success of these uh, two critical projects to guarantee uh, the performance and the life of uh, Quebec power plant going forward. We have also uh, successfully uh, brought in service uh, first synchronized uh, Kusile unit number four on the 23rd of December, as uh, the chief executive has also alluded to. And uh, we managed to ramp it up uh, to full load by the 11th of Jan. And as I'm speaking to you now, uh, Kusile Unit 4, it is supplying uh, power to the, to the grid. At uh, Midupi Unit number 3 um, and all Midupi units, we had a lot of uh, defects that we needed to, to address. We have successfully using... Um, uh, opportunity in the last year, uh, done a lot of work to correct those defects, and we have seen uh, the unit performance improving to greater than 94% availability, uh, and that it's really count uh, for the success and in the work that we have put uh, in this particular uh, plant. It is unfortunate that today we, we sit with uh, one unit at Midupi that uh, will not be available for a, for a longer time uh, due to the incident that we had uh, late last year. Uh, our relative emission, I will also touch on this when I talk to our recovery uh, plans. Uh, we have seen a good improvement and focus at our coal-fired power stations. Uh, however, the, the new requirements on regulation continues to put us under a tremendous pressure and uh, threatening our going concern in terms of our operations. We have successfully um, commissioned our new uh, HDEM at Camden Power Station. Uh, some of you committee members might be aware that there was a time where we had to shut down Camden uh, Power Station uh, due to uh, unavailability of, of our HDEM, which was caused by the delays that we experienced in the construction of the new uh, HDEM. But uh, to date, we uh, have capacity to be able to put all the eight Camden units uh, on load. We have seen a success on our preparedness for, for rain uh, during this uh, past summer uh, season. Uh, we obviously have seen a huge amount of rainfall in parts of our country, and uh, we have seen our strategies uh, saving us uh, a lot of uh, unplanned load losses uh, in this past uh, season. 
and uh, we believe that 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 strategy continues to to really uh, help us to to manage uh, these seasonal constraints. Um, we also have done a number of uh, insurance surveys at uh, many of our power stations in the in this financial year, and uh, all our power stations rating has been uh, above average, uh, which shows that our our plans and our risk management processes uh, are still sound and, and in place. And uh, it's still pleasing to our insurers to continue um, insuring our, our operations. In terms of the uh, commissioning of our TIPLA plant at Manjua Power Plant, uh, this plant was uh, damaged by extensive fires that we experienced, and uh, we has been out of operation for for a longer time, and uh, obviously uh, putting us at a risk in terms of coal supply to to Majuba Power Station, and uh, pushing us to rely mainly uh, on trucks to be able to keep Majuba running sustainably. However, we have managed to bring that plant back in commission uh, and we are able to offload uh, trains as I'm speaking to you now. And uh, we, we are trusting that uh, we will ramp up in terms of the number of trains that we see a day and that will help us to reduce the number of trucks that we put on the road to be able to put coal into that plant. If we can move to the next slide, uh, Natasha. In this slide, I will not dwell much on it. I think I have touched on it. Um, our performance in this year, uh, compared to the previous year, it's shown that we yet to date we're sitting at 2.9% lower than where, what we, where we were in the, in the previous year. Uh, however, I believe that with the many milestones that I have shared in the past slide, it shows that we are slowly attaining the tide and we should start seeing the benefits of some of this uh, plant that we have brought back on load and the constraints that we have taken out in our operations should start uh, giving us the results and we should start seeing our availability uh, improving. Uh, let's, let's move to the next slide, uh, Natasha. Um, on this slide, what I would like to emphasize on is that uh, the, the biggest cause of our availability, it remains what we call partial load losses. What that means is that we have got many of our plants that are currently in operation that are unable to give us full capacity uh, due to defects uh, that requires uh, outages to be able to address. And unfortunately, uh, due to us balancing the need for the country, uh, the need to meet uh, daily system demands, we, we cannot willy-nilly choose to take off this plant at this point in time. We have to follow our planned schedule and uh, make sure that whenever we get an opportunity to take off these machines and do um, our maintenance, philosophy maintenance, we actually address most of these uh, uh, defects. In the next slide, uh, Natasha, we... Three of our, the plants that are really um, have contributed hugely to our unavailability in this uh, current financial year has been uh, Tutuka Power Plant, uh, Kendall, 
and uh, and Duva. At at Tutuka, the the main issue being that unavailability of the cooling uh, system. Our uh, cooling towers requires major refurbishment uh, to be able to improve the effectiveness of of cooling. We have com- successfully completed two towers. We still have got four to go, and uh, the project is still underway to make sure that we we can address and regain uh, this capacity that is locked in that uh, problem. At Kendall, we had uh, a huge damage in our uh, dust handling plant uh, during the 2018 incident, and uh, we have been working to recover from that. We have successfully done the work on two units and we still have got four units that we still need to, to work on. And we have started seeing uh, the, the benefits of, of the work that we have done on the, on the two units successfully. At uh, Duva Power Plant, uh, we have seen a number of failures in the past. To date, as we are talking to you, we can only uh, run five units at Duva uh, due to one unit that was damaged severely. And uh, however, we are slowly seeing uh, a Duva uh, improving uh, its its performance, though it is not at a pace uh, that that is acceptable uh, to us. We are still putting a lot of work to ensure that we support the, our teams at Duva uh, to recover that uh, that plant. On the on the next slide. Um, we are talking to some of the of the risks that uh, mainly uh, lead to us implementing load shedding. Many a time we find ourselves sitting with multiple incidents at different uh, plants. Uh, at times we have got multiple uh, boiler tube failures that we experience and uh, also delays in retaining of our units. In this chair, we are trying to indicate that we have actually outlined uh, the issues that are really biting us, and we have put a lot of effort uh, in dealing with this. When I talk to issues of theft and vandalism, uh, we have uh, uh, spent a lot of money to improve our security uh, electronic systems as well as personnel at our different sites to ensure that the issues of theft and vandalism does not continue uh, to render our plants uh, unavailable and therefore pushing us to to implement load shedding. In the next slide, uh, Natasha, um, we are talking to some of our challenges and how we are responding to them. We still find our nine-point plan uh, recovery strategy to be relevant as it deals with the Many, many of the issues that I related to uh, in the past slides, talking to us, uh, making sure that our new plants, mainly Kusile and Midupi, are reliable. And I have indicated that uh, in, in, at, at Midupi, what we have done so far has shown uh, to be yielding the results that we're looking for. Uh, so in the next slide, I will be talking to some of these uh, uh, plans in, in detail just to indicate where we are. As I indicated, uh, we feel that currently at Midupi, we have reached a point where we, we have stabilized. Uh, the reliability of the plant has improved. 
uh, as I'm talking to you now, uh, Medupi availability factor, it's it's uh, it's a top 10 of our power plants. Uh, as, I'm, as I'm talking to you now, we have seen a reduction in unavailability. Uh, though we still have got uh, plants like your, your meals, uh, that still requires attention, but we believe that we have made tremendous progress in making sure that uh, our new plant, Midupi, uh, reliability is improved. In terms of our our trips, as I indicated uh, uh, in my opening slides, we have seen a huge increase in our trips in this year. One of uh, our, our contributing plant has been a Matimba power station, which had challenges on the on the cooling system of that plant uh, due to unavailability of spares. We have since uh, addressed uh, that challenge, and we have started seeing a huge reduction in the number of trips that uh, that power plant experience on a weekly basis. And we believe that we have turned the, the corner and uh, we will start seeing improvement in that space. We had lost uh, on, about, over and above Midu before. We had lost uh, Kendall Unit 1 for a long time due to a fire on our transformer. We have successfully returned that unit on the 3rd of January this year. And uh, we, we believe uh, that uh, we will be able to keep the unit on load uh, going forward. And in terms of our partial load losses, as I have indicated, Chair, it's contributing more than 10% of our unavailability. Um, on our reliability maintenance program, we are paying a, a focus on addressing uh, many of our challenges that we have, uh, many of our uh, causes for, for these load losses and defects, uh, which is constraining our generators to giving us full power on, on our running units. We are uh, uh, paying attention to those as we implement our reliability program. Uh, in terms of the outage uh, slips, as I alluded to earlier, that uh, we one of our concerns was that when we take these machines off uh, to do outages, we find ourselves struggling to return them on time. And this has uh, been one of our focus areas. And we have started seeing uh, this reliability maintenance program really helping us to, to reduce uh, outage slippages, uh, which help us in our production planning uh, going forward. Uh, in the next slide, um, we're talking to issues of uh, the human capital. There's a lot of focus that we have uh, uh, paid on this item as we believe that the resourcing and skills of our, of our employees at our different business units is key to ensure uh, a recovery of our performance. We have uh, embarked on, on recruitment projects. We have also sourced uh, expertise of uh, from different service providers who have partnered with us to help us to to recover our performance uh, our open cycle gas turbine usage as i indicated chair earlier that this year we we have used 
uh, actually to almost double the amount of what we have used in the past uh, year uh, due to obviously the constraints that we were experiencing uh, on the system over and above issues such as uh, the loss of Midupi Unit 4 as well as the outages that we have to carry out at Quebec, uh, obviously taking taking away uh, 900 megawatts of reliable plant to be able to, to do the necessary maintenance to ensure reliability in the future. In terms of reducing emissions, I had indicated that uh, there's a lot of focus in this area. We have seen improvement in our current plant. However, um, the decision uh, on, on uh, which requires us to comply uh, to, the, to the requirements has put up to 16 uh, gigawatts of our capacity at risk uh, of immediate shutdown if uh, this decision is to be enforced as of end of April uh, this year. Uh, so this is one key area that requires uh, attention of all uh, stakeholders uh, to make sure that we, as ESCOM, we are given the space uh, to be able to, to manage this uh, area uh, within the required uh, uh, business, uh, obviously, principles and, and capacity. In terms of improving coal management, uh, the positive thing is that as we stand, as we talk today, uh, all of our power stations have got sufficient uh, coal uh, in, in their stockpiles. Uh, obviously, there is continued focus in ensuring that we manage uh, all the logistical requirements in, to ensure that uh, coal uh, it's, it's received with the right quality and quantities uh, at our at our power plants. Uh, this is a continued focus um, to ensure that we, we support the recovery uh, and the sustainability of operations. In the next slide, which is going to be my last slide, we are just indicating that uh, as we are working hard to recover, we find ourselves uh, as I indicated, Chair, that 10% uh, of our unplanned av un availability is due to limping generators. So generators that are unable to do full capacity, requiring us to take them off and doing the necessary maintenance to be able to do full capacity and uh, have these plants being reliable. Uh, on a daily basis, we find ourselves managing 4,000 to 6,000 of uh, megawatts that are at risk. Uh, and hence, we believe uh, that if we can have additional capacity in the system, it will give us room to be able to uh, speed up recovery of our, of our plants and improve uh, reliability by doing the necessary maintenance uh, that is currently required uh, by our plants we can uh, sustainably uh, meet the 28 uh, gigawatt average demand of our country. However, we have seen days where uh, the demand goes higher and we find ourselves struggling uh, with, uh, to, to, to meet uh, that demand requiring us to deploy uh, our, our gas turbines to a point where 
we, we find ourselves uh, running out of stock in terms of diesel capacity. So we require support uh, in ensuring that uh, the, the current uh, capacity, it's, uh, uh, the additional capacity is acquired to allow us space to do the necessary maintenance on our plants to ensure uh, continuous reliability. Chair, I would like to leave it here, and I believe that uh, as we continue to discuss, we will be able to respond to some of the questions that the members might be having. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Matebe. I was about to say your time is up. Um, I think you took more than enough time to make your presentation not necessarily yourself, the entire executive presentation. I think your presentation was very long. Uh, you exceeded an hour. Uh, but the, you, this is a select committee and a portfolio committee session, meaning that the members that are here are a bit long, or it's a, it's a lot of members as compared to other session we normally had where there is only portfolio committee that will be raising hands or that will be raising questions. Here I'm sitting with almost 18 people who will be engaging this report and asking questions. Um, I have to start now going through the the question, uh, Deputy Minister, first, I need to, 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 to accept your apology. I got it in writing, in fact. Uh, I don't know how I miss to, 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 to make a reference to it. Uh, here, we, if, you are, if you have to leave, uh, we will release you, uh, Deputy Minister. Uh, honorable members, here is the presentation. Uh, I will just, I don't need hands. I have all your names in front of me. I will, everybody, if you're not going to speak, you'll just indicate you not speak. Otherwise, I will mention, I just raise the name of uh, all the members accordingly. Uh, I start with Honorable Kwanazi, who is a... Uh, not well, but I will give her because uh, she is one of the ANC people on this ESCOM issue entity. Honorable Mkwanase, are you in a position to speak? Okay. Uh, she is not there. I know she did mention that she is not well. She was hospitalized recently to do some operation. Uh, perhaps she's still recovering. But I saw her because she locked in. Uh, let me go to Honorable Kumede. Chair. Chair, can you hear me? I can hear about it, please, sir. Yeah, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, greetings to all the members, as well as the select committee. 
the executive, the board, and all other people, including the media. That is uh, on uh, uh, the platform. Chair, thank you very much for the presentation. Uh, it's always uh, a very promising, I must say, it's a promising presentation. Trends are indicating that uh, all arrows are taking the upward uh, direction, as well as the comment, the opening comment by the chair that says that they are managing to uh, stabilize the situation. My, my, my first question, Chair, then will be, I'll be saying that on paper, things appear to be much more positive and you can see some positive trends on progress as well as the improvement. But on the ground, it appears uh, declining. I'll be happy if this can help us reconcile this kind of situation, not unless uh, we are still to see results what is on paper may not be currently on the ground, but I want to send the message to the executive that uh, in fact, we always say uh, the taste of the pudding is in the eating. It will be well for us to see the results perhaps uh, being uh, implemented. Chair, uh, my next uh, question will be, I, I want to say perhaps this one will be directed to uh, the, the CEO. What could perhaps the CEO, uh, what could be his response if there is a comment that says, uh, we are dealing with thugs here. And XCOM always takes an advantage uh, of a uh, government because they know that uh, electricity is a critical commodity. They will always be funded. I hope, Chair, I'm being clear there that there is an accusation that there are drugs, they mismanage funds, they always take advantage of government, that they will always remain uh, funded. My third question, Chair, will be, is there a way that the unplanned maintenance be programmatized if ever there is a way, because it looks as if there is quite a lot that goes into an unplanned kind of a maintenance or any other activities that in fact are not planned for. My fourth one is in terms of uh, perhaps uh, the projection, 
the alternative energy uh, sources. When will they be in a position to complement the situation where we are able to say, because of the presence of the IPPs, yes, we've got enough of uh, perhaps energy that will keep us going. There is one thing peculiar, Chair, which in, in fact, which I'll be interested to know as well, that uh, the presentation is saying there is a decrease of 3% on perhaps uh, the residential. I'll be interested to know what could have caused the decrease of that 3%. But my main interest is we are always told of uh, the residential part that they are always in areas. We haven't been told of any other businesses that in fact are owing uh, ESCOM. As much as this point has been addressed, addressed yeah, because there was a, a mention of uh, some kind of strategies that are being taken to try and collect, but it wasn't enough in terms of uh, explaining what exactly are the, is the plan or the strategy towards perhaps correcting, collecting the areas that are still owed by the, the community. But again, Chair, I, I think it will be important to congratulate uh, ESCOM in terms of uh, the processes when it comes to the unbundling. Uh, I can see that some deadlines are being met, but uh, it will always be good that at times we always remain being afraid that what will in fact be the total benefit when all the process of unbundling is complete. Perhaps, Chair, let, let me wait. The, oh, the, the, the last one, Chair, is the, we talk about the uh, that should the community exceed or come closer to 28,000 megawatts with a gap of 4,000, right? We will be in danger. What precautions? perhaps is the uh, uh, exco taking that we don't fall into the pitfall where the demand exceeds the 28,000 uh, uh, megawatts because 4,000 is very minimal. You think of that community that is coming back and again we are saying after the lockdown we have seen perhaps uh, the consumption of electricity going up. So what mechanisms, what have we put in place that will help us, that should we consume that gap that is there, uh, we shouldn't be, in fact, facing the disaster. Thank you, Chair. Let me wait there for now. And thank you. And uh, I, I, I heard the Chair that uh, uh, Desang has uh, become a musician. So I would like perhaps at the end of the meeting that he sings for us. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Kumede. Can we go to Honorable Katalia?
Thank you, Chair, and um, good morning to everybody. Um, the, thank you uh, to the ESCOM team for the presentation. Um, it is, uh, under the circumstances, a heartening presentation uh, uh, under, under parlous circumstances. And uh, uh, I think the, the team at ESCOM needs to be complimented under the circumstances in which they operate on making significant progress uh, of a kind which we haven't seen of late. Uh, so with that, let us, let, let us understand that while that is, is necessary and we applaud it, uh, it's not sufficient, clearly, uh, and I'll come to what is required in terms of, of, of presentation, in terms of sufficiency, so that we can do our oversight and the public can be informed. Now, clearly, um, uh, in terms of, of, of uh, uh, financial improvement, which there is, it seems to be largely dependent on tariff increases for financial improvement. And... for the sake of change. I have been elected to be the chair of this committee. I'm I don't care about your election. I don't care about your elections. We were also elected to be members of parliament. All I'm saying to you, you switch on your mind and you mention that the person must come next. It's not not be EFF. You invited me to this. Honorable Judy. will take you out of this meeting if you don't behave yourself. No, you if must behave yourself. You must if, just behave if, yourself. If, when I you, this is not an ANC caucus, this thing. If you go shouting with, without knowing what is happening, I've got an I know what is happening. You said it here in this platform. It's on the record. It's on the record. It's here. I know what you are saying. I don't need to ask what you are saying. When I've heard what you are saying. I be recognized in my order. Machumi, cut Miss Honorable Mawoto, out of this meeting. Uh, Kaya, you can do whatever you want. I don't care, but I'm saying it's no, in the no, record. No. I heard no. what you're saying. You no, were no. speaking to your, your own colleague there. 
telling um, you that you must not take me next. I'm supposed to be next after Kachalia. You know that. Now you, you invited me because you switched on your mic and I heard what you were saying. This is a select committee. Remember, out of this session. I must be allowed to speak after Kachalia. Please. There's a ruling, you must be taken out, Maud. Please. When I Carol, shut up, man. Shut up. I'm dealing with Shay here. Shut up. I'm going to say shut up to Carol. Shut up. Honorable uh, members, please. Disang, can you remove Honorable Mawatwe first before I do anything? Take Honorable Mawatwe out of this meeting. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. I'm going to speak after Kachalia here in this meeting. Uh, Take this uh, member, don't please. Come up with your bossy tendencies. I'm a member of the committee and I'm going to speak here. No one is going to chase me out of this. No one. What is wrong with this? I'm going to speak here after the after Kachala. Kachala, you can continue. I'm going to speak. We cannot be all ransom by yourself, Mauta. You must take yourself out. The song remove honorable Mauta, please. You did that? She's out. We are safe. Okay. Honorable members, when I'm chairing this meeting, there is only one advisor. It's the secretary of this portfolio committee. She has a right to advise me who to be in, who is, how do I take the members and so on. He gave me the list. He has to advise that who I'm not, that is the, 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 the problem I'm, I'm working with. I don't need any member to tell me who to follow in this meeting. I'm doing this with an advice with the secretary of this portfolio committee. As long I am not doing unjust by not allowing a member to speak at all. Every member here has a right to speak. I'm not going to undermine that, but nobody will just coerce me as to who to speak is only an advice. The son called me to advise. The only mistake that I can apologize is because I didn't mute myself. Thank you. I was uh, allowing Honorable Kachalia to speak. Thank you, Chair. Um, just to recap, I was complimenting the ESCOM team on their uh, what they have done under difficult circumstances, but we're saying that the the uh, the uh, uh, the financial improvement is largely dependent clearly on tariff increases, which impacts affordability, which is not satisfactory, and that uh, uh, availability is 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 uh, impacted by. Uh, current challenges they face, but also will be impacted going forward by the growth of the industrial and mining sectors. Now, having uh, having said that by way of uh, uh, putting it into perspective, we, we need to understand that, uh, that the baseload as put uh, uh, explained on on slide 11 of the presentation accounts for uh, 106 out of 118 gigawatt hours now the problem and the challenge lies as far as i can see in 
given that number in, for ESCOM in securing that base load. The question is how? The, 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 there are a couple of levers here. One obviously is supply, the other is demand management, which is not addressed particularly in the presentation. And the other, which is not addressed in the, in the presentation, is storage management, which is a very key area, uh, which is being addressed by other, uh, in, in other geographies who are ahead of us, and we need to learn from that. So what needs to be done? Well, we need to understand what and how. What, what can be done? What will it cost? What are the debt implications? How are these going to be met internally by ESCOM and in terms of government uh, uh, securities and bailouts? Over what period? How can these gaps be filled by ESCOM and the IPPs? And how can the grid, how they can access to the grid be accommodated? What is required over and above this current snapshot, which I appreciate is necessary, is a simple timeline in terms of short-term, medium-term, and long-term imperatives that address these issues I've mentioned and the gaps that exist. Uh, part of the gaps would be including aspects of the energy mix, and 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 and, and key costed uh, uh, imperatives that are that are required. Now, uh, if we if we can understand those and what stands in the way as well in terms, be it preferential procurement implications or PFMA constraints or the ones that were listed uh, on uh, slide twenty five, I think it was. Uh, if if what we what I would seek from ESCOM going forward is a very simple timeline, as I say, that addresses these issues over short, medium, and long term, saying this is these are this is what we what we are doing. These are the, these are the gaps that will exist once we have addressed what we're doing. These are the costs. These are the risks. And this is where we find ourselves. When we have that particular snapshot, and a costed snapshot, then we can say very clearly, all right, this makes sense. This is the difficulty we find ourselves in. These are the alternatives that you have, that you have posited. Some lie within the ambit of your operations. Others lie outside, and we can address it in that fashion. I hope that... Uh, 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 the, the team at ESCOM will take uh, those comments on board. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Kachalia. Honorable Komani. Honorable Komani. She's not there. Honorable Bibi. Um, thank you very much, Chairperson, and also thanks um, from the ESCOM team of the briefing that you have received today. Uh, Chairperson, I think my question that I was going to ask uh, already, um, um, Honorable Mrs. Okumede has, I mean, <clears throat> has um, a question that so I'm covered, Honorable Chairperson, thanks.
I'm here, Chair. Uh, thank, you, thank you very much, Chairman, and good good morning to to everyone. Uh, Chairman, I would want to, to firstly. Honorable Nana, you're cutting. The chairperson of Honorable Nana, you me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Oh, so, so I was saying, I was saying, uh, Chairman. Firstly, I would like to to hop on a on a point that was made by 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 by, by Prof in his opening remarks. Uh, that since the departure of of Brian Damas, uh, the current group CEO has spent two years, and that on its own, it's a record. Chair, I would want to say this. This goes to prove that race does not necessarily play a part in one's quest to make a contribution in the development of his country. You will recall in the previous meetings, I, I did mention this, that we should treat South Africans as South Africans regardless of race. And here is a white good South African sitting for two years at the helm of ESCOM and they are moving in the right direction. So I hope our country can sit up and take notice of this. Having that said, Chairman, uh, I, I read... I read it, it's been widely reported that uh, there's an exodus of uh, qualified qualified engineers and, and, and skilled and skilled people leaving ESCOM. Uh, I would want to, to know uh, what plans, if this is true, to what extent does this hamper uh, on ESCOM's uh, on ESCOM's mandate to, to to I mean to deliver energy for for the if if it's of course are there, are there plans in place to, to negative impact this this I mean this might have in in our in our energy security as as the country secondly uh, it's an issue that relates to our neighbors in malawi malawi was recently hit by heavy heavy floods and literally they are electricity generation capacity uh, to a greater extent has been was washed away is escom neighborly enough working and assisting our neighbors in in getting up and running again if yes what risks do we as a country stand to to face if 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 we if we lend a helping hand to our neighbors hear me out i'm not saying it mustn't be done chairman 
but I'm just saying, you know, it's good to be neighborly, but as you know, uh, charity begins at home. And thirdly, you see, load shedding is, is a headache for, for everyone in the country. And we will hear one reason for load shedding this time, generators have tripped, and at the time we are told, we're given other reasons, which is, which is okay. There is always a reason for everything. But I want to, I want to know from, from ESCOM, Chairman, in an event where they pick up human error, I know, I know this is a buzzword, in an event they pick up human error, uh, are these people taken through disciplinary proceedings in ESCOM? so as to deter uh, would-be offenders in the future. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you so much, Honorable Nana. Uh, Honorable Butelezi. Honorable Butelezi Ukona. Butelezi. Okay. Honorable Butelezi is not there. Honorable Kwangwa. Honorable Kwangwa is also not there. Uh, let me go to Honorable Piri. Honorable uh, I'm here. Uh, greetings to yourself. Uh, colleagues and uh, the select committee. Um, let me start by wishing my colleague Umam Jawanas a speedy recovery. She must recover in the speed of a jet because we need her. Um, as I allow me, Chair, I've noticed and welcome the new member from the select committee, she's new from the box, uh, Honorable Jabo Mamroben. I, I know I can see she's in the platform chair. Let me welcome her to the parliament and as she joins us. Uh, chair, I've got two or three questions. They won't be long. Uh, some I'm covered by Honorable M. Gumede. One chair on the issue of their financial uh, performance regarding the debts, in particular municipal debts. Uh, chair, we still or we are aware about the Malutia perform uh, the entity's largest defaulter. Uh, they did not agree into the terms or proposed partnering agreement. Then since uh, there's no agreement, uh, we are aware that uh, ESCOM has taken the matter to court. But then my question would be to ESCOM on which item or paragraph specifically on the particular proposed um, uh, partnering agreement, are they not agreeing with uh, the entity or ESCOM itself? And what are the reasons based on why are they not agreeing? We need specific uh, reasons. If um, 
they have that respond respond to us when they respond. But if not, uh, we always welcome written reports uh, on that matter. Uh, as I also want to go on the operating performance chair, uh, can we be given uh, detailed information regarding the extending or the extension of the lifespan in the Kubeka nuclear plant? Uh, specifically, we want uh, the time frame, which is what is the plant duration of that and the cost to uh, for, for for repairing uh, the plant of Midubi that we, we got explosion into? Can we? I, I had uh, one presenter when I was presenting to say uh, if we can fix uh, the unit four of Midupi, uh, there will be a, a balance or will our problems will be minimized. So on that one, uh, all of us were also crying about your uh, load shedding. Uh, we need to have the specific time frame. When are they going to fix uh, or repair the plant itself? Okay, we... The president, when he was speaking on SONA, also stated the issue of um, the transmission or the unbundling. Uh, I want to check with ESCOM uh, to give us direct, as all of them, they're here. Um, in terms of the transmission business, uh, did they achieve um, as being planned by themselves? We Sometimes back we were told in December last year they'll be done with the legal uh, processes of uh, the transmission uh, from the, the, that division. And this, uh, they already started with the electricity trading between their divisions now. So, Chairperson, uh, with the last one, on my side, the report shows that Tukuta, uh, Kandal, and Duva power stations contributed about 46% of the high plant loss. Uh, that uh, boiler or turbine drought, how they call it, you know, with their jargons and generator filler, were the largest component of their loss. Worse yet, their nine percent, nine point recovery plan shows that unplanned laws remain a big challenge to address. Uh, does ESCOM uh, staffed the capacity to address the cause of the unplanned loss that is responsible for declining energy availability factor? Thanks, Chair. Let me arrest my case here. Thank you, Honorable Fury. Uh, also, welcome to Honorable Mama Robella. You are welcome, Honorable Member, uh, who is replacing Honorable Matibe, the previous chairperson of the Select Committee. Um, uh, Honorable Members, I have uh, interacted with the Secretary saying, Honorable Mawatwe as he apologized, therefore I ask him to invite her back 
uh, if she is there, because she might not be able to log in with the same device if she is taken out. Therefore, I will check if she is here. She will have to indicate with a hand because I won't know whether she's in or not yet in. Uh, let me go to Honorable Isaac. Is Honorable Isaac present? Okay. Seemingly, he's not here. Let me go to Honorable Damini. Uh, thanks, Chair, and morning to, 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 to uh, colleagues. Uh, uh, Chair, I think uh, what I wanted to raise has been raised already, so I, I, will, I will rest. Thanks, Chair. Okay. Are you calling me, Chair? Yes, Honorable Madison. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, let me create a new chairperson and other honorable members and team from ESCOM, chairperson and CEO of ESCOM. Uh, Chairman, let me welcome, join the queue of welcoming the presentation from ESCOM. I have three questions that I wanted to ask you. The first question is to be, how much has ESCOM recovered from the municipality to date? And which municipality are still owing the energy utility some money? The first question. The second question is, how much is electricity on ESCOM grid that has been uh, produced from independent power producers? That one, it will be, do you attribute a load shading to technical cities or an inadequate coal supply or maintenance schedules or to all the above. And if it is due to the technical glitches, inadequate coal supply, why it is a recurring problem, recurring problem, that's my um, Three question. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Modise. Honorable Mawatu. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Chair. Uh, so my first question. Will Welcome go back. You must be aged. Uh, Chair, you see now. Must, yes. must we go back there? Order. Order, Honorable Piri. Honorable members, please. Continue, Honorable Maud. Okay, thank you, Chair. So I heard the Chairman of the Board celebrating two years of the CEO's uh, employment at ESCOM. But he also forgot to mention that it's been three years and uh, counting for the CEO who was appointed. 
And since this appointment, really we've seen disastrous operational performance. I mean, we had 30 days load shedding in the financial year 2018-2019. It increased to 46 in 1920, and then again to 47 days in 2021, and 21-22 was sitting at already 51 days. Yet we are paying this man 5.6 million a year. You know, so so my question is, why are we still paying the COO so much money when he can't turn around things at ESCOM as a COO? Why are you wasting money on people who are not adding any value uh, to this entity? The second one is directed to the IPPs. Chair, um, under bid window one projects, we know that the ESCOM buys solar PV at four, four rents, two cents per kilowatt, and they sell it at one rand 34 cents. And the bid window three and 3.5 projects, uh, ESCOM buys at five rands per kilowatt, and sometimes at six rands, but they sell it at one rand 34. Now, we know that the cabinet decision was to support ESCOM um, and, and NERSA uh, on renegotiated uh, contracts, on, on the renegotiations of these contracts. It's almost three years now since that um, agreement. So what's the progress on reducing these exorbitant IPPs contracts? Because they are the ones that are really taking money from ESCOM. The third question is in relation to the employee salaries. Chair, we know that in the financial year 2021, ESCOM was granted 15.06 tariff increase by NERSA and consequently making 9.2 billion profit for interim results. So why did ESCOM decide to unilaterally impose um, 1.5% salary increase to the bargaining unit employees despite receiving significant revenue increases? And why is the cost containment measures focusing so much on employee benefit costs only and not other cost drivers such as IPPs, coal, diesel-powered, open-cycle gas uh, turbines? Those will be my questions for now, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Maud. Uh, Honorable Debray. Honorable Debray. Okay. There is no Honorable Debray, seemingly. Let's go to our new member, Honorable Mamorobela. I hope. Honorable member, I'm pronouncing your name correctly. You forgive me if I'm a bad pronunciation. Uh, yeah, Mamu Robel. Mamu Robel. So much. Yes, Mamu Robel, and, and thank you so much for the opportunity, and I would also want to appreciate the members that have welcomed me into a parliament and, and, and the committee. Um, There's a very interesting committee. Eh? <laughs> I, I am very um, interested in this part of challenges of ESCOM, because remember, this is our daily challenge. It's something actually that uh, our communities are suffering from. It's something that needs answers now. And, 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 and the community also needs to be 
made understood what is there and and what are the challenges because what is mostly important is us as leaders conveying the message of why are we not uh, providing a certain services um, because our job is just to be we are accountable to the communities as, as, as leaders and as members of parliament and to make sure that all those problems that uh, our communities are facing in respect of, 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 of service delivery, we are here to do our best to make sure that we arrest those. Um, thank you so much. I will not want to talk much. What I did today, because it's my first day in this committee, I was just trying to learn and, and, and try to be at the same level with you, um, colleagues. So I was, I was just listening to the presentation, also reading the document, uh, just try to understand how far are you guys and what is it that is being done and what is it that we can do going forward i appreciate uh, being here and being part of you and and and, and thank you so much uh, um, i i appreciate the opportunity being given by my african national congress thank you so much thank you honorable member thank you, kindly. Thank you so much uh, can we ask our next speaker, Honorable Malinga? Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Greetings to yourself, uh, members of the Portfolio Committee, also members of the Select Committee, the mentorage from ESCOM and uh, our committee staff. Chairperson, let me also join in, in uh, wishing Mam Jabu speedy recovery and also welcoming the new select committee member. I also uh, greet the select committee members of the portfolio committee. Chair, I think most of my questions have been covered, um, but I only have one chair on the operating cost. Uh, ESCOM has spent 16.1 billion on open cycles gas turbines to meet the peak demand. Moreover, the diesel used to run the OCGTs accounted for 7.4% of total costs. But uh, OCGTs were responsible for the 1% of the total gigawatts hours produced. Uh, it is a, a financially sustainable in the long run. And what are the cost advantages of using OCGTs as opposed to importing electricity from the neighboring countries like the DRC, Zambia, Zambia or, or for peak load management? My last one, Chair, I heard, um, I don't know, because I came in late, maybe I should start there by apologizing for joining late, the second presenter. I am looking at somebody who's brushing himself here. I don't know whether he's my gadget. We are not disturbed. When they talk about ESCOM, I think they were talking about the um, the fourth uh, the fourth uh, something at Kusile, the fourth unit that is now operational. Uh, how 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 is that going to be sustainable, Chair? Since we will be facing winter season now, 
Are we also going to, uh, should we prepare ourselves for um, low trading? Do they anticipate any low trading in the near future? In the near future, since we'll be uh, going into the, into the winter season. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Malinga. Uh, all members, our last member to make uh, the contribution is Honorable Shabalal. Thank you so much, Chairperson. Uh, greetings to members. Uh, greetings to the Deputy Minister of Public Enterprise, Mr. Maswale, and greetings to the ESCOM family, as led by Mr. Markoben. And, and greetings, obviously, to the viewers at home. Uh, Chair, on the uh, repowering some of the old uh, power plants, you know, President Ramaphosa announced in SONA that government int intentions for re-empowering some of the old power plants. However, ESCOM liquidity uh, constraints and procurement challenges have resulted in delays in the release of capital funds and procurement of long lead items, leading to the deferral of projects, thereby exacerbating operational challenges. Now, the question is, how will ESCOM address liquidity constraints and procurement challenges in order to repower some of the old power plants? The question on uncollected debt. Aside from the municipalities, really, two large customers owe ESCOM amounts in excess of 100 million with combined debt of 785 million. Who are these customers and what is ESCOM doing to enforce payment of the combined debt of 785 million? On the municipality debt management strategy, ESCOM has a municipal debt management strategy that seeks to assist municipality in debt crisis. Maluti Apofong, the utility largest defaulter, did not agree to the terms of a proposed partnering agreement. What was the partnering agreement and what um, were the reasons as to why the municipality refused to agree to the proposal? On the net operating costs, ESCOM spent $16.1 on the open cycle gas turbines to meet the peaked demand. Moreover, the diesel used to run accounted for 7.4% of total costs, but the OCGTs were responsible for the 1% of the total gigawatt hours produced. This is not financially sustainable in the long run. What are the cost advantages of the OCGTs as opposed to importing electricity from the neighboring countries like the DRC and Zambia for peak load management? On the energy availability factor, the report shows that Tutuka, Kendal, and Duba power stations contributed about 46% of the high unplanned loss. And that boiler, Teban, drought and generator failures were the largest components of this loss. Yeah, Worse yet, the nine-point recovery plan that Mahoba as you mute shows that unplanned loss remains a big challenge to address. Does this mean ESCOM is staffed the capacity capabilities to address the causes of the unplanned loss that is responsible for declining energy availability factor? 
on the Midupi and Kusile power stations. Midupi and Kusile power stations have not re- achieved the desired levels of performance and reliability due to a combination of plant design, operational and maintenance inefficiencies. This, this is disappointing, considering that both the government and ESCOM invested billions of friends in the building of these power stations. When are we going to see value for our money insofar as Midupi and Kusile are concerned? The electrification connections, despite the successes in 2020, Deputy Minister, the fact that um, remains that the thread line of the electrification connections decreased in 2021. What are the reasons why the electricity connections do not increase rapidly enough to keep up the demographic growth of 2021, particularly in rural areas? Now, Dr. Dirita, I want to ask the issue on the progress on the legal separation. The National Transmission Company of South Africa was incorporated as a wholly owned subsidiary. When does ESCOM plan to appoint the permanent directors with will and and also will the workers in the NTCSA undergo retraining to manage the renewable energy sector? Lastly, the, the, the tariff increases. The High Court judgment have allowed ESCOM to increase tariffs by 15.06% for the financial year ending 31st March 2022. Ironically, sales volumes for residential use have decreased by 3% between September 2020 through September 2021. How does ESCOM balance the need to secure a sound financial position while protecting consumers within household income, constraints against energy injustice in the inequitable access to affordable electricity. The reduction of the headcount, the number of employees at ESCOM has been reduced from 48,628 in 2018 to 44,325 in 2021 due to the natural attrition and voluntary special packages, VSPs. Furthermore, the 2016 World Bank report indicated that the level of employees at ESCOM was 66% higher than an estimated optimal level. What is an optimal level of employees currently at ESCOM? I think you, Chairperson. Okay, Honorable Shavala. Honorable members, I'm seeing... Uh, yeah. May I just interject to say that the hand of uh, uh, Honourable yeah. Member Fahid Esak is up. Yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Honourable Esak, I did mention, I did call his name for a number of times and he was not available. But uh, let's allow him to speak. Chairperson, am I audible? Yes, you are. Uh, good morning, Chairperson. Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity. I uh, apologize profusely when you called my name and uh, I did not respond. I uh, just wanted to basically introduce myself as being a, a new member of the committee and obviously uh, greetings to members of the select committee as well as uh, to uh, the management of ESCOM. And uh, I don't really have much to say at this point in time except that I am excited to be part of the committee and I look forward to participate uh, fruitfully and uh, add some value to the committee. 
what I wanted to mention, Chairperson, is that uh, I have studied the documents and indeed uh, find them very interesting. But most of uh, the issues that I wanted to perhaps get clarity on have been raised by various other colleagues and individuals on uh, the meeting. And it was obviously, I think, uh, a cardinal issue in terms of the, the procurement and the, the, the stockpiling of the uh, of uh, the coal and etc. Et that uh, ESCOM will need to have to contend with, uh, as was mentioned or alluded to earlier, uh, when it comes to the winter months, because I think that is when it's really crunch time. But nevertheless, uh, Chairperson, I um, thank you for the opportunity to allow me to say a few words and. Uh, uh, I look forward to participating. Thank you to the other colleagues. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Isak. Uh, Honorable members, I see that we all have raised the, the issues. I think now we have to take the, the mic back to the board and the, its executive, uh, Professor Mukoba, and your executive, can you again take the podium? Uh, thank you, uh, Kaya and the honorable members uh, for all this uh, very, I think, interesting but uh, very relevant questions that have been asked. I will take I will answer and respond to a few questions that I don't think it would be fair for for the executive to respond to, and uh, and I will dis respond to them without maybe going too much into detail so that we all can understand. Uh, the main purpose of this uh, presentation was was to discuss the legal se the separation or the unbundling of ESCOM, the finances of ESCOM, and the operations of ESCOM. I think uh, we have been honest enough and we're grateful for the comments that we have got that what we have said were, were that the finances are improving, the legal separation is, uh, is on track, but remember that in this legal separation, it's not only ESCOM that is supposed to deliver. There are multiple stakeholders that have to do certain things. And what we're presenting is what ESCOM, what part has ESCOM played as required in the, the separation process that we have delivered what is due to us. And I think we are following what the other stakeholders are. Are, are doing. We have been also honest to say that the operations at ASCOM are obviously the Achilles heel. They, they are giving us difficulties, but we are actually beginning to be on top of them. I think this goes to one of the questions as to the difference between what is on paper and what is on the ground. Uh, basically, it's like going to a hospital. Uh, when you go to a hospital these days, you pay your bills and it's reflected in the bank immediately. But your recovery uh, to be back to normal takes time. And I think what the presentation has shown is that 
quickly as we all you can predict the finances are recovering it's easy to measure them but the load shedding issue which is what people feel on the ground is something that we're grappling with we're grappling with it positively and uh, and i think uh, with time, maybe over the next three months or so, there will be a progress report as to what's happening with the operations. But I want to assure the committees and members that things are being done properly in a systemic approach in order to deal with this uh, issue of load shedding in the long term. I want to leave it there. The second issue uh, addresses what uh, Caleb uh, Kashalia has said, that we need to have timelines and costing. Clearly, that's a very important issue to have, I think, if you are managing any project, and I can assure him, I think we shall prepare that. But remember, again, that ESCOM operates being controlled or reporting to many sectors or to many departments. And I think we have to put that kind of process uh, again in, in track so that all the stakeholders have equal in input into the processes and we have a timeline that represents what is in the national interest. But it is an important comment that I think uh, uh, Mr. Kachalia has made and it's something that we will follow up. That the next question that I want to deal with is uh, in relation to, to the, C, the GCE. First of all, Mr. Andre Rater was appointed on the 6th of January 2020 and not three years ago. Now, I want to emphasize that he was appointed two years ago and not three years ago. What has he done since he has been at ESCOM? He has changed the executive of ESCOM. He has employed more black people in that executive than before. He has uh, controlled the costs uh, that have been you know, almost uh, lose at ESCOM. He has uh, 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 taken this issue that is of national uh, interest from the sonar of the president of unbundling or divisionalizing ESCOM. Um, the staff that was at 48,000 has reduced about 42,000. In fact, the latest is about 41,000. And this has not been through forced retrenchments. And all of these are measures of a turnaround. So the finances of the organization are improving. The, the representativity and the structure of the organization is, is changing. And all that you can say is that's what a turnaround is about that can be measured. Now, there was an issue about the exodus of skills at, at ESCOM. The, the exodus took place during the, the period of state capture. It is still going, but it's diminishing, or at least uh, it's less than it used to be. And there is a plan, I think, that is being developed by the board and uh, the EXCO to, to deal with this matter of skills and as to where it is happening. And as part of the unbundling, we have to be careful as to how we deal with the, the replacement of skills at ESCOM. Are there disciplinary processes that take place? All the time there has been disciplinary processes. I think a report can be produced with that. And hopefully now that the second, the, the third part of the state capture report is going to be released, 
uh, a document will be produced to indicate the disciplinary processes uh, and the court cases that have been reported to either to the SAPC, to the NPA, in order to change the culture in at ESCOM, which is also part of a turnaround. I hope I have uh, I have uh, uh, addressed, I think, some of the issues. Um, let me just check uh, if I'm done okay. I think the, the operational performance of, uh, of ESCOM that relates to what um, I think the GC for operation has indicated is something that concerns all of us and is something that the board is serious with and uh, both the executive and the board are trying to deal with that. I'll leave the rest of the, 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 the questions to be answered by members of the executive, but I just felt that I should give this broad view that uh, I think we are all together with honorable members. We all want to get rid of load shedding uh, because that is the one thing that everybody feels on the ground. But we have had 15 years of neglect of a plant and it's not going to recover as quickly as we want or in the same rate as you can deposit your money into the bank and it's reflected at the end of the, the day. That's not how things happen. I think we, we will have to deal with that systematically, slowly, deliberately, and get it right so that we don't end up with these uh, situations that we've been experiencing, all of us in the country. Thank you again, Chair and Honorable Members. I hope that Andre and the rest of the team can answer the rest of the questions. Thank you. CEO. Thank you, uh, Honorable Chair, and thank you to uh, Professor Makoba for his introductory remarks. Um, if I may try and respond as best I can to the questions raised by the Honorable Members. Uh, in terms of the, um, the decline on the ground that uh, the Honorable Gomeria referred to, yes, we agree that we uh, need to improve our operational stability. That clearly has to be our number one metric. However, we do so against the backdrop of having to continue to take offline significant capacity to conduct maintenance in order to improve the overall predictability and reliability of our generation fleet. While we carry out this uh, program of so-called reliability maintenance, we uh, unfortunately, unavoidably, are increasing the risk of load shedding because we reduce the capacity. If we do not carry out this reliability maintenance, then the risk uh, will just increase to unmanageable proportions and the risk of significantly worse load shedding will increase. So this is where we are. We need to intervene now and we need to uh, carry out this uh, reliability maintenance. Um, I'm not quite sure who the uh, thugs are that the Honourable Member is referring to, um, but there is definitely no intention on the part of ESCOM management to take advantage of government. Uh, that's that's not uh, the plan at all. We do engage regularly with National Treasury. Uh, I can give Honourable Members the assurance that they part with a uh, money worth great difficulty. Uh, so there's definitely no... Uh, free flow of money into ESCOM's pockets. We have to put up a very compelling case 
uh, we do have a very constructive and collaborative relationship with National Treasury, and, and I must thank the colleagues there for working with us to find solutions to the um, very large debt that ESCOM carries. Um, the uh, capacity shortfall um, that we experience, that is largely uh, a question of how soon can we add additional generation capacity to the grid. Um, the main lever that uh, has to be pulled is to uh, expedite as quickly as possible uh, new capacity additions, predominantly through uh, procurement, which is conducted by the IPP office run under the auspices of the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy. Uh, we, we have seen uh, the preferred bidders being announced for bid window five. Uh, I may add at hugely competitive uh, prices, uh, between 43 and 46 cents per kilowatt hour, which, which is uh, roughly half of the cash cost of our coal fleet, just to give an indication of, of how uh, the technology has improved since the days of bid window one and two. Uh, so there's been a real learning curve with renewable energy. ESCOM itself uh, has very limited means to procure additional energy. That is in the hands of the IPP office. But one of the key enabling levers to accelerating the addition of new capacity is to uh, unbundle uh, ESCOM, and that is why this has been such a key strategic imperative for the board and for management to drive this so that we can attract more private sector investment into electricity generation without the fear of um, unfair competition with ESCOM generation. And that is why this is such a, um, a key initiative for us and, and, and why we have prioritized that. Uh, as soon as we can um, put uh, more capacity on the grid, and ESCOM has recently announced through the Minister of Public Enterprises that we will make available uh, land in Mpumalanga for lease to investors in generation capacity to uh, connect to the grid, uh, the sooner we can uh, address this gap of between four to 6,000 megawatts that we estimate is uh, holding us back uh, from supplying the country's needs in terms of available electricity supply. I may just stress, Honorable Chair, that grid access does remain one of the key constraints to adding this capacity. Uh, we estimate that we will have to add between eight to 10,000 kilometers of new transmission line uh, over the next 10 to 15 years at a cost of some 118 billion rand. And that will, of course, um, take considerable time to complete. And hence, we are conducting uh, an assessment of available grid capacity in order to allow um, IPPs to connect to the grid sooner rather than later that we can add this new capacity. Um, with regard to the um, rear debt, um, our uh, top customers uh, comprise uh, outstanding debt to the tune of some 259 million rand um, in uh, relation to the total um, overdue debt of um, some 
uh, 50,815,000,000 rand. So the um, commercial debt that we um, have that is overdue is uh, really quite small. The bulk of it relates to uh, the municipalities. Uh, Maluti Akufung in particular continues to increase. Um, it now sits at uh, just under 7 billion. So that's a that's a, an area debt that keeps on increasing. Uh, in response to uh, some of the questions raised by honorable members regarding the, the reason for the failure of the um, agreement, the partnering agreement, um, ESCOM uh, was very prepared to assist the municipality through an active partnering program to conduct um, audits to ensure that revenue was collected to uh, invest in maintenance, upgrade equipment, and to ensure that municipal distribution in Maluti Apufung was conducted uh, in, a, in a solid business-like way. However, uh, we required the municipality to ensure that the proceeds of payment of um, the collection of uh, electricity accounts would be paid into an ESCOM bank account. Uh, the municipality, for uh, reasons that, that uh, you would probably have to uh, ascertain from them, insisted that they wish to have control of that bank account. Unfortunately, based on previous payment patterns experienced from that municipality, uh, ESCOM regarded this as a deal breaker where we were uh, not willing to uh, entrust the revenue received um, to this municipality while we were having to bear the burden of investing in capital and operating their distribution system. So that was the, that was the main uh, sticking point, um, Honorable Chair. With regard to tariff increases, uh, obviously we um, are very aware of the negative impact that um, above inflation tariff increases um, has on the economy, um, on households, but also on business and industry. Um, unfortunately, uh, due to a number of uh, adverse tariff decisions, which we have successfully challenged in court, uh, we are now in a position where we have to pay, uh, play catch-up, and um, that results in, in a backlog um, of just under uh, cumulatively uh, 380 billion rand in revenue that we need to recover. And, and it's not coincidental that um, this amount uh, of uh, revenue that is in arrears due to adverse tariff decisions is very close to the total outstanding debt of ESCOM. If we had cost-reflective tariffs, we would not be in this untenable debt situation that we currently find ourselves in. Uh, this is a very difficult uh, situation, and while we while we empathise, uh, cost-reflective tariffs uh, have to be uh, one of the key levers that we pull in order to make us financially um, sustainable. Uh, the Honourable Kachalia has, has, has asked for short-term, medium-term, and long-term imperatives. Um, uh, Honorable Kachalia, I think this is a very rich topic uh, to be discussed and maybe in a, in, a, in a different meeting, we can share some of the strategic thinking that is going on uh, inside 
ESCOM relating not only to the addition of new transmission, distribution, and generation capacity, not only by ESCOM, but also by private investors, um, but also how we can pivot from um, a very large reliance on an aging coal-fired fleet that is not reliable uh, to over time migrate to a, a cleaner and greener electricity supply industry as part of the just energy transition. Those plans uh, are in, in place. Uh, we are continuously engaged in uh, discussions with our board on this matter to inform our strategy and how we execute it. And of course, the, the funds made available at COP uh, hopefully will play a key role in unlocking the implementation of the strategy. Uh, but we would be very keen to engage with this committee um, on, on that. Uh, but, but I think, uh, Chair, with respect, time does not allow for us to, to explore this, this deep vein uh, right now. Um, the Honourable Lindy uh, inquired about skills leaving ESCOM. Uh, yes, it is a challenge, uh, not only technical skills, but also some of our business and financial skills. Uh, ESCOM is a very uh, good school to learn uh, skills. And as such, um, our most talented employees are very sought after, not only locally, but also internationally. And we therefore um, have to work on strategies, not only to retain them, but also to ensure that we recruit and uh, train our own uh, staff to the point where we can replenish the, the, the skills that we lose. Uh, and our HR group executive, Elsie Pule, and I are engaged in a discussion. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to spend uh, three hours tomorrow at the ESCOM Academy of Learning to develop a strategy in conjunction uh, with the group executive to uh, ensure that we can step up our training efforts, which um, regrettably have also been uh, left by the wayside for uh, reasons that, that that are frankly quite difficult to, to comprehend. So it hasn't received the necessary attention, um, but it is very much top of mind of the board. And uh, the board is, if, if I may, Professor Makhoba, uh, putting quite a lot of pressure on the executive to, to uh, elevate the importance of our people and our skills on a uh, continuous basis. Uh, regarding Malawi, Malawi is not a customer of ESCOMs. Um, they are not part of the South African power pool. Uh, countries in um, the SADC region with whom we trade on a regular basis, we have not received any request for assistance. If such a request is made, uh, possibly through DERCO, uh, we will consider it. Uh, but at this point in time, as the Honorable Member quite correctly remarked, uh, charity starts at home. Uh, we've got our plates full to, to do the job that, that we have in South Africa. Uh, so we will consider a request, but at this point in time, nothing is, is on the table. When it comes to human error and disciplinary processes, um, we believe that uh, human error uh, often is not solely due to the individual making the error, but also to broader systemic issues uh, with regard to inadequate training, inadequate management, and inadequate supervision. So increasingly, we, we try and eliminate these errors, not by uh, 
pulling out the stick to beat the employee who has uh, committed the error, but also to address the broader systemic issues uh, so that we can prevent a recurrence rather than um, resorting to uh, disciplinary actions. Um, the um, transmission unbundling, um, as, as uh, Honorable Piri asked about, uh, we, we did achieve uh, the establishment of this legal entity, uh, National Transmission Company South Africa SOC Limited, on um, the 17th of December, the asset agreement was, was signed, and we are now in a position to um, commence trading. Uh, the day ahead market and, and, and the uh, proxy for uh, a, an electricity market is already operational and is in place, but we are awaiting the uh, transmission license. Because this is a new legal entity, we have to get a new uh, license. We 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 cannot we can't simply commence operating, uh, and therefore that is the major outstanding item. In addition to the lender consent, which I also um, refer to, um, the um, honourable Medici asked about the, the the municipal debt. We've got a list of the um, top twenty um, debtors: Maluti Apufong, Emilatleni. Machabeng, Mfuleni, Govanambeki, Lekwa, Nguate, uh, Tabachu, uh, City of uh, Matlosana, uh, Ditsubotla, Mbombela, and so forth, um, owing um, a, a, a really um, significant amount of money, totaling some uh, 44, 45 billion. Rand. So this does remain an intractable problem that we uh, are trying to address through the political task team under the leadership of uh, the Deputy President. But it is a cause for concern that ESCOM has to absorb the cost of supplying uh, electricity to these uh, municipalities. Of course, we are interdicted uh, by court order from cutting off supply to these defaulting municipalities. So one of the key enforcement levers that we have when it comes to our industrial customers simply is not available to us. Um, the uh, question about uh, the root cause of load shedding is really uh, related to uh, the lack of reliability and predictability of our plant. Um, inadequate coal supply has by and large been addressed. The um, average coal inventory currently sitting at about 47 days, uh, slightly higher than that, which is well uh, in excess of the minimum requirement as stipulated in the grid code. So coal supply uh, should not be an issue. We did have a recent uh, interruption of coal supply at Majuba. That was due to interruptions on the coal line um, operated by Transnet where Transnet Freight Rail did not have enough diesel locomotives available because the electric locomotives were unable to operate due to uh, cable theft on the overhead line. So, so that um, prevented us from supplying Majuba with, with adequate uh, coal. Um, Honorable Mahotwe asked um, with regard to IPPs. Uh, yes, it is true that IPP um, 
power procured under bid window one and two in particular are significantly more expensive than the cost of our own uh, operation. Um, those are legacy contracts that we cannot simply terminate. Um, significant loans were taken out by the investors on the back of uh, ESCOM contracts also uh, underwritten by national treasury guarantees. So if uh, ESCOM were to renege on those contracts, then national treasury would have to uh, make good the uh, difference. So uh, we, we can't simply unilaterally amend those contracts. Um, however, I think it's important to recognize that uh, at the time when these bid windows were issued, they were regarded as uh, world leading. Um, we were recognized internationally for putting in place this IPP program, and they open up uh, the opportunity for a new industry to arise. The IPP costs are uh, regarded by NOSA as a pass-through cost. So uh, while the logic may be that we pay four rand and we sell for 134, uh, on the, the NOSA cost calculation, the full cost of the IPPs is allowed as a pass-through cost to the final consumer. Uh, of course, NOSA uh, sometimes then does not allow the rest of our costs to be entirely cost reflective. And that's, that's where, the, where the discrepancy comes in. Um, with regard to employee salary increases, um, I think we've come out of a period where we have had uh, successive above inflation uh, wage increases for our bargaining unit. Uh, this obviously has a compounding effect uh, we were also one of the few entities in South Africa that during lockdown uh, did not retrench or reduce salaries. Uh, so we were able to keep uh, all of our staff employed during that time. And we believe that given the constrained uh, financial environment in which we operate, uh, where the alternative really is to approach the taxpayer for bailouts, um, implementing uh, an, an increase um, of 1.5% was, in fact, um, a responsible move by management, bearing in mind that management itself hasn't had an increase uh, for some four years. So this is a matter currently uh, before the CCMA, and we will abide by uh, the outcome of that uh, process. Um, when it comes to importing electricity from uh, the DRC and Zambia, the DRC uh, we are not connected to with a transmission grid. Zambia we, we are. Uh, Zambia from time to time when there um, is surplus hydroelectricity available um, from um, the um, Lake Kariba uh, hydroelectric scheme, uh, they do make available um, electricity to us that, that, that we can buy from them. So we do import electricity from them, but of course that uh, that is unpredictable and it depends on their own needs. Um, so, we, so we do buy uh, from the power pool as and when. Uh, Kusile 4, uh, we managed to beat the uh, time for synchronizing that unit to the grid by about six months. So that was, I think, a very good achievement by the project team. And uh, as we speak now, that unit is uh, delivering 740 megawatts uh, to the grid. 
Uh, obviously, it's still being tested. The engineers are, are, are running through a battery of tests before uh, this unit is declared to be in commercial operation. Uh, once that happens, then um, we will be able to rely on it. And, and currently, the prognosis for it being in place uh, by winter of this year uh, is, is very positive. Um, the Honourable Chabalala asked about uh, the just energy transition and, and possible delays. Yes, we need to fund all of this, and that is why the COP26 money is so important. Obviously, we need to be careful that we don't assume more debt. And again, we are in discussions with Mr. Daniel Manele, who has been appointed to head up the climate uh, funding negotiation on behalf of the Republic of South Africa. And uh, we, we enjoy a very uh, cordial and very constructive relationship with him and his team. And we look forward to um, ISCOM being um, allocated uh, sufficient funds to allow us to execute that, obviously while bearing um, due heed to the fact that we need to be financially uh, responsible as well. The customers that owe ESCOM, uh, non-municipal customers, um, Transnet owes us $365 million. Uh, EDM of Mozambique uh, owes us $420 million. So those are the, the, the two large customers that collectively owe us um, 785 million rand. Um, I would like to, um, just before I hand over to our COO for some technical uh, responses on Kuburg, um, just quickly deal with legal separation. Uh, we have identified a short list of candidates for the permanent board members. This has been considered by the ESCOM board. Once the ESCOM board is satisfied, we will um, obtain the concurrence of the Department of Public Enterprises as our shareholder, and uh, then we should be in a position to make announcements in that regard. Um, we, we are retraining our staff for renewable energy. We are in the process of establishing a training facility for exactly this purpose at the Komati Power Station, which is the first of our um, power stations to be repurposed and repowered. So we're quite excited about this. We are collaborating with um, the uh, National Union of Mine Workers. Um, they, they support this, this, this training initiative, which, which I think is extremely constructive and very positive, as well as with the wind and solar energy associations to ensure that the curricula that we use are um, uh, useful to, to uh, Treasury. And then with regard to um, the World Bank report, I think that World Bank report has been uh, with respect, by and large, discredited as, as relying on um, incorrect data and incorrect benchmarks. Uh, so the optimal headcount is uh, probably in the order of about 38 to 39,000, bearing in mind that as we repurpose and repower, we will also need staff to operate those facilities. So I think we, we are quite quickly approaching um, a level of stability when it comes to the overall uh, headcount for ESCOM. Um, if I could ask uh, Mr. Jan Uberolse to please um, give us uh, an update on Kuberg life extension, as well as uh, the return to service date for Madupi 4, 
and also um, the plan for dealing with losses at uh, Tutuka and Kendall. Please, uh, Mr. Overall, sir. Honourable Chair and Honourable Members, uh, Andre, thank you. Uh, actually, I am at Kuburg uh, as we speak. Um, we have opened the the breaker for unit number two. So we have two units here of 920 megawatts each. So we have opened the breaker for unit number two um, to basically do a few things. One being the refueling. So we've been through the phase of running the unit for quite some time, more than 454 days. So it's time to refuel it. So that is one of the things that we do during this outage. The second one being normal maintenance that needs to happen, but then a very important project, and that is to replace the existing, the original steam generators by three new steam generators. Now, that is a massive project. It's the first time that in the Kuburg history of 36 years that we have such a, a big project. So we do have some, some interesting challenges. Uh, we do have a contractor uh, from, from France, uh, Framatone, that is our partner. So together we are seeing how successfully we can execute this, uh, this outage. So this is one of the projects that need to take place to extend the life of Kuburg by another 20 years. So we plan later in the year, maybe uh, early, very early next year, to take the second unit, unit number one, also off for a period of uh, a little bit more than five months, to also then to do exactly the same. At, the, at that time, we will be at the end of uh, the fuel. So we will refuel, we'll do normal maintenance, and then we will replace also the steam generators uh, on unit number one. So as I said, the replacement of the steam generators on both units are important and a requirement uh, because of the age, as well as the way that they operate to extend the life of uh, Kubert by another 20 years. Now, over and above these two massive projects, there are a number of other, other projects that we need to do, which we call life uh, extension projects, uh, which need to take place over the next two years, um, because we need to have the approval of the license by the middle of uh, 2024. So progress uh, is uh, proceeding quite well. Uh, I am quite pleased. Uh, so I'll be engaging now with uh, the colleagues for the next uh, day and a half. And just to, to track progress. Uh, so, but I'm personally comfortable that we are progressing extremely well. As I say, we do have challenges, but we deal with it. Life, uh, life is not always fair, so we need to deal with those. We also have established a very positive relationship with the National uh, uh, Nuclear Regulator. We understand and we respect fully what their role is and their oversight is. Uh, and they obviously is making, uh, I wouldn't say they make it difficult for us, but they are fulfilling their role the way it's supposed to be. And so they make sure that whatever we do uh, at years and makes 100% sure that it's according to the safety regulations as prescribed. So all in all, we are still, as, as we speak, uh, as I said, unit number one is online. It is producing, I think, 905 megawatts when I did uh, a while ago. So it's at full load uh, and it's performing extremely well. Now, the return to service of unit number two, the one that is on the outage, 
uh, although the, uh, the, uh, the aggressive plan was for end of June, uh, hopefully by the end of the next two days, I'll be able to, to uh, understand fully uh, what the return to service date is. Because it's critical to, to make sure that we, we, we put that peg in the ground because Eskom's generation production plan depends quite a lot on, on the return to service, successful return to service of this unit. In terms of Madupi 4, uh, the final investigation will be completed by the end of next month, by March. So we have preliminary investigations. We have taken the strategy to the board that has been approved. Uh, and the return to service date, the way we see it now, will only be in August, September 2024. So it is really a... Uh, a challenge for us to have 720 megawatts not available for the next uh, two and a half years. Uh, so it is really a, a challenge. Then in terms of Tatuka, Duva and, and Kendall, we maintain, as, maybe I need to come back to what Rulani, the acting GE generation said during his presentation. Although we do have significant challenges uh, related to these three power stations in terms of unavailability of some of the units, as well as partial load losses. Uh, in all fairness, we need also to take note of the fact that, as Rulani said, some of the cool, cooling towers, so at Tutuka specifically, there are six cooling towers, and we've only had the opportunity to do to fix two of them. So it's still going to take a year, no, about a few years to then do the maintenance and do the refurbishment on the other four, four cooling towers. And up until then, we will not be able to have a very reliable power station. So the reliability is not there yet. We're still experiencing challenge, but we have to now invest and to fix those cooling towers going forward. On Kendall again, although the performance has improved over the last number of months, we're still running with unavailability and huge partial load losses. And that is because of emission environmental challenges that we do have. So if I don't know if you can call back in 2018, in the middle of 2018, we had industrial action, and that had a severe impact on, you know, the emission side of the power station, the fabric filter bags. So uh, that is something, again, as and when we have the opportunity to take units out, we then maintain and we refix, uh, refix and we refurbish what is required. On Duva, uh, as we speak, we have um, three units running out of five. So unit number three is uh, the decision is made by the board that we will not invest any money to refurbish that unit. So we will be, uh, be without that unit. But we also have then significant challenges uh, on the rest of the power plant, which have been unfortunately detected uh, over a number of years. So these three power stations, I can assure you, are receiving the necessary attention um, on a daily basis. That I can assure you. Uh, we are looking every Monday morning and every Friday morning at 5 a.m. in the morning we look at all these power stations, we have dedicated focus on what the performance on these stations are. So, uh, Honourable Chair, that is a feedback, Andre, the feedback that I have in terms of questions uh, posed to myself. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Jan. Uh, Honourable Chair, if I may hand back to you. 
thank you, thank you, Leo. Um, we just looking at the time now. Perhaps if we can get, because we are left with the ten minutes, and I don't want it to be just wasted. If there are two members who would love to quickly make follow up, um, I can take those two members. Can you cite your on the what I mean on the list? Just put your hand there on your gadget so that I can see it. Okay, seemingly honorable members are covered. Uh, let me take therefore this opportunity to thank. Uh, as com board led by Professor Mohoba and the executive of Scom, led by the CEO, director. Um, I think we are slowly coming closer to the achievement of our objective. One of our major enemies here is this problem of load shedding. Uh, the sooner we put that behind our back, the better. I think in relation to the information we have received here, there is a progress that is being executed by the executive together under the leadership of the board to deal with those uh, these problems and uh, take this thing of low shedding and improve the quality and the availability of the electricity to all South Africans. Uh, because this has a lot of uh, consequences on the economy. Therefore, we are happy that there is that progress. However, I think if you listen to the trend of the questions, there is also a concern about the, the forward and the backward kind of uh, process. Today we get a very good presentation and we leave the portfolio committee a bit and a few days or few months or a month down the line there comes another problem that one cannot even get an explanation with immediate effect as to what is happening now. Um, I think those the, the, the questions, if we listen to them, they are more concerned about those uh, kind of one step backward, one step forward, and so on. Uh, I think as members of this portfolio committee, we will be looking uh, closely. And while we are appreciating the report, but uh, we'll put our eyes on you guys because you are the people who are supposed to assist us to deal with this problem. Um, to CEO, I did forward some complaints that I've received, and I'm still expecting you to respond to those complaints. Uh, I am not a, I'm a, I'm not an executive of ESCOM. People, when they send the information to me, 
clarity or needing my intervention. All I do, I forward to the executive, uh, including to the minister at times, with the hope that uh, those issues I will be advised in terms of how far and what is it, the what is the problem in relation to that. So I can also give a, a proper response to those citizens that will complain to us. Uh, some of our citizens are not clear about the role of all these uh, role players uh, in the energy sector. You know, some uh, will confront you when it's uh, load shedding, even on the road while you are walking and ask you what is this and this and this. And sometimes they don't know that actually we're not running a scope. We're just a polio committee, which is given a responsibility to do oversight on ESCOM. There is an executive that is running ESCOM. There is a board that is overseeing the, 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 the governance, that is playing a governance role in relation to ESCOM. Therefore, we must assist each other in the actual achievement of our goals. When we seek clarity, let's get those clarities so that we are in a position to help each other and to defend each other when we need to do so. I'm not that kind of person who is shy to defend uh, the board of ESCOM or the executive of ESCOM if it needs be. Uh, if you are being tackled without a board, you know, I, I do that. Where there's a need to, to, to clap hands, I do that. I'm not shy to do that. But also, when I don't see a progress and I have a problem, I will be one of the people who will be... Uh, sharply raising the issue. With all those words, thank you, honorable members, uh, for your participation and the question you have raised. I didn't even have a space to raise a small thing because almost all of you covered anything that was in my mind, even, in fact, empowered me with your questions to this executive and the board. With those words, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you. We Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Carol, you must be a. <laughs> 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 Recording stopped. <laughs>